WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQ&A, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. And guys, this is episode 99 of WMQ&A. We are one week away from unleashing our 100th episode onto the world. Can you believe that? Uh, episode 100 is going to be a little something different. Matt Lazowitz and I started talking a while ago about what we wanted to do, and uh, we're going to bring back a couple of old friends to help us celebrate, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're actually going to do something that I have never, in my holy crap, almost 40 years of existence, done before. So uh, just sit with that for another week and wonder what it is we're up to. Mooha! Uh, in the meantime, let's focus on the present. Our guest this week is Sweeney Boo, whose graphic novel Eat and Love Yourself is scheduled for release April 14th from Boom Studios. Uh, it's a personal tale about eating disorders and body dysmorphia, uh, which Sweeney wrote and drew, and uh, we were glad to talk to her about that, uh, her work on the IDW Marvel Action Captain Marvel series, uh, her cat, a little Star Wars, and much more. Uh, we also have a bonus segment, culled from the deep recesses of our archive, and by that I mean September. Uh, Matt and I attended CapeCon at the Cape May County Library, and uh, we talked to two of the librarians there, uh, Olivia Gorick and Kara Brem, uh, about how comics get into libraries and from libraries into the hands of readers. Uh, it was a great enlightening conversation, and also it was Batman Day when we recorded it, so there's a lot of Batman talk. Uh, meanwhile, what is going on over at WMQComics.com? Uh, we have got our novelty 2020 glasses on, and we are ready to greet the new year with open arms. Uh, first off, a big thanks to all the writers who participated in our 2019 advent calendar, in uh, which we wrote about our favorite comics of the year. Uh, it's myself, Matt Lazowitz, Rob Lynch, Will Nevin and Tommy, uh, Dan and Jake McMahon, Reese Guida, Chris and Christy Edelman, Jeff Dodd and Rick Heinishin, and Andrew Magazoo. Uh, you guys made every day opening my email a gift. Uh, a couple of the pieces that you need to check out. Uh, Will Nevin wrote an in-depth interview with writer Lila Sturgis, not just about her comics work, but also about the trans pizza movement and all the people that's helped. Uh, it's definitely one of the best pieces we've posted all year on the site and will hit you right in the feels. Uh, finally, our Sunday editorial this week touches on some of the things we want to do with the site this year, from expanding our pool of writers to getting more involved with cons to finding more opportunities to work with some of the other comic sites out there. Uh, it's all great content, folks, so please... Go to WMQComics.com and check it out. And maybe send us an email at WMQgrams at gmail.com and let us know how we're doing. Uh, in the meantime, we've got a lot of show to get to, so let's get to it. Here are me and Matt and Sweeney and Olivia and Kara. What what comics do you remember reading uh, you know, when you first got into the medium, you know, either as a as a fan, a young reader, or professionally? So so uh, I grew up in the in France, and I remember um, growing up with the comics Skydoll. I don't know if you're um, familiar with them, uh, but it's by the artist Alessandro Barbucci and um, Barbara Canepa, and it, it blew my mind because it was Disney-looking, but the story was like very heavy. And I remember at the time being like, "This is what I want to do." <laughs> And, uh, yeah, later on, I just read, like, more comics, and um, I remember reading The Sam Academy, and I was like, this is, this is fantastic. I love this. This is definitely what I want to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, did, did you say Gotham Academy? Yes. The, uh, oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> the, the art is fantastic. The story is amazing. It's one of my favorite, honestly. It's a, it's a great book, and it doesn't get the... The, the props that it, it should. I loved that little run. I mean, it was a good year and a half, two years of really, really great bat-related comics that used Gotham as a backdrop without being so deeply entrenched in the bat mythos as to be daunting. Totally, totally. And you got that fun Lumberjanes crossover toward the end. Yes! <laughs> right? It's so. It's just so fresh and fun. I it's great. Um, yeah, so, you know, you, you come from France, you move from France to Montreal. You know, European comics, obviously, they've got a very different aesthetic, a different vibe from, from North American comics. You know, obviously, here we're a lot more obsessed with, you know, superheroes and, and stuff like that. You know, was there an adjustment period kind of going from living in France and, and working on those books to, you know, once you've come to, to North America, uh, you know, and, and working in, and, you know, living in Montreal and working on, you know, North American comics. Yeah, I, I remember trying to find um, 
myself, you know, in like comics and what I wanted to do really uh, while I was in France. And um, I, as, as hard as I tried, I didn't find it. Like comics are great. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. They're really like, beautiful. But um, when I read my first comic, for me, it was so fresh and mm -hmm. fun and it felt like there was like so much joy in there mm -hmm. that I was like, this is exactly what I want the reader to feel the, the day that they they might like read something that I did, but also having fun while doing it. You know? And when I moved to Montreal and I met a lot of artists here, just the industry was so welcoming. Everyone was nice. Everyone was helpful and. In the U.S., it's the same. It's just everyone is so, like, love each other. And I didn't find that in France, unfortunately. Well, I'm, I'm certainly glad that you found it here. Uh, at what point did you did you take up the, the pen name? Um, I was in high school, actually. Um, for no real reason, it kind of stayed. I was um, listening to, like, every rock music. And... Uh, I just wanted to have a fun name, and that was it. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, there is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've got a graphic novel, uh, "Eat and Love Yourself," coming out in the spring through Boom Studios. Uh, it's about a, a young woman who struggles with an eating disorder and body image issues, and goes on this sort of journey of self discovery. Uh, you know, with a dash of of magical realism. Uh, Talk a little bit about how, you know, you decided this was a story that you wanted to tell and then how, you know, a little bit about the journey of how it went from being, you know, a Kickstarter to, to getting published through Boom. So uh, when I was in my late teens, I actually suffered from an eating disorder. Mm. And I remember at the time trying to find help and support. And it was just very difficult for um, my family and the people around me to understand what I was going through. So it was easier for people to, like, be kind of, like, not bullying, but, you know, like, kind of, like, hey, you should eat and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, and not the support, really. And um, so I found, I found help on my own, and I, I got better. But I just remember not seeing any books about it, really, and it was still kind of taboo. And I felt like I really wanted to share this story because there's so many people who go through those things and um, mm -hmm. it was also kind of um, helpful for me to you know like get past what what happened to me mm -hmm. um, so I just thought that it would be good for people and I feel for myself um, and the Kickstarter for at first was because um, I don't think I was really um, I was kind of scared of like finding a publisher for it at first, um, and doing the Kickstarter really showed us how people were interested in the project and really invested. And uh, it was a it was a big surprise, and it was really really good. So yeah, we we found the book in uh, two thousand seventeen, January two thousand seventeen on Kickstarter. Um, and then how did it get from, from, you know, being this, this self-publishing project to, you know, getting, you know, did Boom come to you? Did you end up approaching them? Like, how did that part of it work, part of the equation work out? The, the funny story is that I was uh, walking around at the Toronto uh, Comic Art Festival, TCAF, mm -hmm. uh, 2018, and um, I just decided to go to a portfolio review, and I had a few pages of, uh, of the book with me. And um, I met Shannon Waters, and she just loved the project. And two months later, we like we we were greenlit. So they were like taking the book. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now at that at that point, you know, did did getting picked up by a publisher, you know, did it change anything about the actual like finished product? Or at that point, was it all pretty much, uh, you know? in hand completed um they completely trusted us with everything um nothing really changed the the cool thing is that with boom we're getting 
um, colored version of the book, which is amazing and looks beautiful. And um, I just feel like um, it's going to give the opportunity to like for the book to be seen. And um, I think it's it, like Boom really loves the story and is really supportive with everything. And um, I really, really love what they're doing with it, honestly. That's great. I know um, they've been doing a lot of stuff with like, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, Eat and Love Yourself is not straight autobiography by, by any stretch, but they've been doing a lot with sort of creator uh, graphic memoirs lately. Like I know um, Cecil Castellucci put one out uh, just a couple months ago and then uh, Mike Hawthorne's got one coming, uh, I think like later next year and and I love I love that idea as a way to use com- you know for comics to tell for creators to tell you know not just stories but their own stories I think it's great yeah it's 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 really it's, it's a really cool cool thing um you actually just uh, shipped a bunch of uh, Kickstarter copies the other day right I think I saw some, yeah, like, some, actually, some stacks I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it during the entire holidays there's no no time off <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, that's, that's a, uh, that's a common thing I hear among the, uh, the freelance community. (laughs) Uh, but you know, we're working in journalism. It's a lot, uh, it's, it's the same way, you know, what, what holidays? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, in the process of, of making you know, this book and, and wanting to get this message out there, you know, what kind of support did you have in terms of, you know, a working with, you know, other creators or just sort of, you know, being able to kind of talk through things? I feel like, um, everyone was just very welcoming about the idea and, um, the purpose of the book. Mm-hmm. And um, we just really wanted to, like, everyone involved really wanted the book to be. Um, it's not necessarily a very happy story, but it's not necessarily very sad either, uh, and that's okay. And I, I'm, I'm happy that everyone supported that too. The fact that it's like, um, it's gonna make you angry, <laughs> and uh, and sad, but also very hopeful and even if you're not struggling with what is formula or eating disorder um, I feel like the story is going to speak to everyone in a way mm-hmm. um, you know we all struggle somehow so everyone was really really supportive with that and um, I feel like that's just that's just fantastic honestly that is great um do you plan, you know, when when the the book comes out uh, through Boom, you know, any sort of like, do you have the plan next year for like store signings or you know just going out there on on the uh, convention circuit, you know, TCAF, VanCAF, all that all that stuff? Uh, nothing has been planned yet, but I really hope so. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it will happen. That'd be great. I mean, obviously, you know, it's another opportunity to kind of get out there and push, you know, the message of the book and everything. Um, so on top of your this work and your other uh, art, you're also the artist on IGW's All Ages Captain Marvel title. Uh, yes. I am an a nerd when it comes to boring process stuff. Uh, so I'm curious, um, how does approvals for something like that work? Do you just sort of work with your IDW editorial team and they funnel everything to Marvel? Or do you interact directly with some of the Marvel editorial folk? So, no, I, I'm not... Uh, I'm I'm totally going through IDW, and they are dealing with the people uh, at Marvel. So I'm only in communication with my two editors, Bobby Kerno and Megan Brown at IDW. Fascinating. Um, the the next couple 
issues, the arc starting in January, um, mm-hmm. features a guest appearance by Nadia Van Dyne, the Unstoppable Wasp, yes. who is one of my favorite Marvel characters. I think at this, I was about to say of the past decade, but I think she might qualify as of all time now. Um, were you familiar with Nadia before going into this arc? Yes, I, I read the, the, the Marvel books by um, Jeremy Whiteley. Um, I absolutely love them. She's such a fun character. She's so, like, I'm going to say it again, like, fresh and everything, but she is she is just adorable. Um, and I was super excited when um, they, they, they told me that I would be able to, like, draw her. So um, I'm having so much fun on this arc, honestly. Her powers, everything, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, we'll get back to Captain Marvel in a moment, but for a, a brief detour, uh, it's time for Pet Corner, everyone. It has a name now. It does. If you haven't listened to our podcast before, we really like to ask creators about their pets. And since your self-portrait on Twitter uh, that serves as your profile pic has you with a big black cat, I'm the cat one on this show. So tell us about your fuzzy friend. She's actually sleeping next to me right now. Um, So her name is Loki. I'm always super excited (laughs) to talk about my cat, so I'm so glad. Believe me, if if I were at home and not recording from my in-laws for the holidays, um, my cat would be also right here, probably sitting on the cable for my headset and looking up at me and demanding pets. So, Loki, <laughs> you were saying? She is, uh, she's seven. She actually moved across the country with me. Um, she's the sweetest little thing. She has only one human, which is me, and I'm very glad. <laughs> <laughs> She has her character. She's like her and I are really similar. It's like don't bother me, but I kind of I kind of love you from like you know far. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she is the most chatty uh, cat I've, I have ever had. It's hilarious, and uh, she's very fuzzy, too. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm at my father-in-law's, and uh, he and his partner's cat Isabel. Uh, is very chatty, which is not what I'm used to. As um, Bess, my wife, my cat, my wife, and my cat is not really a talker. She's a purr, and when she wants your attention, she'll just let out these little murp, murp sounds. But that, that's about it. She she just makes that little sound every now and then. If she's meowing, it usually. I don't know what it means, because she doesn't do it often, but every now and then, you're downstairs, and you hear her just meowing upstairs, and I'm always worried, it's like, you know, she's sick or something, she doesn't make that sound, but then I run upstairs, and I look, and she's just sitting there, staring into space. (laughs) Yeah, she's looking at the ghosts, I think. She's just meowing (laughs) at the ghosts, being like, hey, what's up? Yeah, fun fact, Matt's house is deeply haunted. (laughs) Well, that's cool. I mean, it's it's just... Yeah, it's great. And they don't pay rent. I mean... Yeah. I mean, the house is 115 years old and belonged to one family the entire time before my wife and I bought it. There's by no means any malicious spirits, but every now and then there have been people who've come in who are sensitive to that kind of thing, and they're like, yeah, there's a vibe in here. (laughs) And and Bess will occasionally just stop her, one of her favorite spots to do is she walks across our bedroom, gets in front of my wife Amber's closet, and just stops and stares into the closet. Oh my god! And it'll go for about ten <laughs> minutes, and then she'll just turn around and walk away, like nothing's happening. And she'll hop up in the bed and be like, "Hello, it's best time." It's like, <laughs> "Yes, best," but what were you staring at? <laughs> Meh. She has She's friends. So sweet. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she doesn't want the other animals in the house. You know, I guess the the spirits are, you know, better company than, you know, another cat. <laughs> She'd get along with the bunny who lived on the sun porch. But that was because the bunny lived on the sun porch and the best, best had the rest of the house. <laughs> she sounds lovely. She's a sweet little monster of love. <laughs> um. Now, how how is Loki around guests? 
she loves their shoes. Um, <laughs> that's that's pretty much the only thing. She she should come near. And she's gonna bite. So uh, yeah, she uh, she's very funny. <laughs> so this this all ties in because uh, you know uh, currently uh, in Captain Marvel. Uh, uh, Mar the Marvel action Captain Marvel. Carol's dealing with a mess of uh, Flurkins, the cat-like uh, aliens. And so one thing that I wanted to know is, you know, I I've heard plenty of artists complain about drawing uh, horses. So I wasn't sure if that applied to all quadrupeds or, <laughs> you know, getting to draw that many uh, cat-like creatures. You know, it was actually, you know, a fun experience. It was really fun because... I'm going to tell you, now I know how to draw a cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually, I, I love that about Captain Marvel. It's it's very challenging some, sometimes. Like, issue one, I think it was issue one that I had this, like, huge crowd scene. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's challenging in a really good way. That's great. Um You've also been involved with, you know, some pretty great uh, anthologies the past couple of years. Uh, you know, uh, Love is Love, uh, Dead Beats, which came out just a couple months ago. Yes. Uh, how do you end up finding your way to these projects? Is it like a networking thing or is there like uh, the equivalent of a like a free guitar lessons flyer hanging somewhere on the Internet that says, you know, <laughs> artists sought for, you know, anthology you know what? What what's, what was kind of your path to these projects? Um, I, it's going to depend on the part of it. Sometimes it's a bit it's a bit of both. But I would say, uh, for example, Deadbeats. Um, it's it's usually like you said, like the flyer kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I had um, I had a friend, um, so Nadia uh, Shamas, who's writing, yeah. and she was like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to try this?" And I was like, "Yeah, for sure." So it just uh, it's a, it's a good opportunity to like do something with a friend um and you're gonna get picked or no but um mm. yeah it's uh it's fun it's great uh now you've worked in in video game animation as well as comics uh you know what are what are some of the differences between the two in terms of of you know method in what you have to draw or like the way you have to draw um, so when I was working at a mobile game company, um, I had to be able to draw uh, everything. So, for example, like backgrounds, character designs, um, and also game UI. And it's uh, it's very different from comics because it's um, a lot without without line art very often. So yeah, uh, you have to be able to like do very realistic work um, and also cartoony so it really um, helped me learn a lot of things actually um, it's it's completely different my and also my PSD files in Photoshop had to be very <laughs> which is not the case in comics because nobody has to know <laughs> Uh, so you got to do some of the character designs for the uh, Marvel Rising cartoon uh, also, correct? Yes, totally. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one thing I, I love, uh, you know, I love when artists, uh, you know, who have an eye for fashion get to play with uh, superhero, uh, you know, costume designs. You know, mm -hmm. I, I just feel like generally they tend to look better. You had a... Um, I think last year for Inktober, you did a series of like superhero fashion pinups, and they're they're great, uh, you know. But um, yeah, no, uh, that's that. Yeah, that's more observation than actual question. But yeah, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I totally love like you know like we're used to the superheroes in the eighties with their very like um, over the top costumes. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I love the idea of mixing streetwear and just casual outfit with um, a superhero. It's a, it's, a, it's a challenging way to, um, to take on the personality of the character and uh, work with that. And uh, yeah, totally agree with you. It's, it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and, and and you know we live in the age of of colorful athleisure wear, anyway. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people are kind of low key cosplaying on a daily basis. <laughs> totally, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of uh, modern takes on characters, uh, when I was looking at your Twitter feed, I, I saw your modern redesigns of the Scooby Gang, which <laughs> were. Tremendous. Um, Thank you. Especially Velma, as I've had a crush on Velma since I was like nine. Don't we all? <laughs> your, yeah, yeah. And your design for Velma was great. Um, uh, Fred, uh, I thought it was funny. My nieces were talking about how they just, Fred's regular look always looks so goofy to them. And so I was like, oh, I need to show them this, because this Fred looks, you know, much more up to date uh where did you get your inspirations for those designs i i just i do just want to say though it does look like he's rocking a proud canadian tuxedo there that is that is that is some denim (laughs) well i live in canada and my boyfriend's from calgary i had to i had to do it (laughs) uh yeah no i i spend a lot of time i waste a lot of time sorry on pinterest (laughs) looking at outfits all the time and um after i saw the new trailer trailer for the new scooby-doo movie i was just like oh i really want to draw them and knowing myself i'm always like kind of want to try to do something else and um yeah i just wanted to show the way i perceive their personalities with different outfits um yeah <laughs> Just like, you know, hipster kids. Now, Scooby-Doo has been a going concern for, oh boy, 40 plus years at this point. I think it's um, like 50. Do you have... Oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel old now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, have you been a longtime Scooby-Doo fan? And if so, do you have a favorite era of Scooby-Doo? um um i watched the show when i was when i was a kid and um i remember the movies actually a lot (laughs) i was pretty young i think when the movies came out and i loved them and i rewatched them not long ago and they're not that they didn't age really well but um (laughs) uh, a friend of mine told me to watch um uh, scooby-doo mystery inc oh i love mystery inc and it's so great. So so far, this is I, th- I think it's, so far it's my favorite. It really is, and it just if 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 those out there haven't watched it, it was off Netflix for a while, but now it is back on, and it's just two seasons, and it's so good. <laughs> yeah, just like I I started watching the first episode, and I was like, yep, I'm in. This is this is fantastic. <laughs> the uh, the two thousand two. Scooby-Doo movie, you know, with like Freddie Prince Jr. and like Matthew yeah. Lillard and, and that, you know, uh, Buffy. Uh, why am I blanking on her name? Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, Sarah Michelle that was Gellar. actually the first movie I saw on a date with my uh, with my now wife. So, <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> Great choice. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt's just sitting over there getting depressed thinking about time as a flat circle. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And thinking that I'm very lucky that my wife still married me is the first movie we saw on the big screen together was X-Men The Last Stand. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And she still married me. So I got real lucky on that one. Well, I'll I'll, I'll show you how the pendulum swings. So the first movie we saw together was Scooby-Doo. The second was American Psycho. Oh, my God. That's quite the jump. (laughs) Sure was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, also on your twitter recently there were uh, a handful of parks and rec gifts um no real question here just love parks and rec and it's always fun to talk to someone who likes parks and rec (laughs) (laughs) Uh, ben ben wyatt is you know my my fictional avatar (laughs) i I want that batman costume i want to walk through the mall in it (laughs) it's it's very often uh my my partner and I are like singing. I don't know if you remember when he did this like stop motion uh, video. <laughs> oh yes, yes, to stand and by REM. So, yeah. Yes, yes. So often we like start singing it and like stop, 
and just <laughs> very very often and it's it's hilarious that's great that's great <laughs> yeah that, that was one of the few shows that that actually ended perfectly yes i agree um so uh your bio i think at the, at the back of eat and love yourself mentions that you're a true crime junkie uh, which my, uh, my wife is also. Uh, what is the last good true crime doc that you watched that you would recommend? Uh, it's not something that I watch, but I listen to my favorite murder pretty much every week. Okay. Um, <laughs> to the point that every night when I'm going to bed, I am checking everything that possible that could happen in every door. <laughs> <laughs> but um this is this is a fantastic fantastic podcast and um this is what I would recommend honestly. Awesome. Uh now uh we are recording this the uh the weekend that it came out. Um so I'm asking this for for S's and G's. Uh did you end up seeing Rise of Skywalker this weekend? Yes, I went actually yesterday. Okay. Matt, how about you? I loved it. You have to ask <laughs> you never know. I mean, I I haven't seen it. I'm not necessarily out here looking for spoilers, but I feel like opinions have been all over the map. And and yes, I, right. It's it's nuts. So I'll t- I'll tell you. Well, well, first of all, you know, did did you enjoy the movie? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like like even if you like you know mute the hashtag Star Wars on Twitter, uh, Friday night doesn't doesn't do anything it doesn't do anything you're right because people find ways around <laughs> it um but uh yeah friday night uh my wife and i went out for her birthday and we saw knives out which uh you know oh, yes yes that's that is the exact reaction everyone gives when you tell them you saw that movie <laughs> it's it's everybody's that it's that breathy oh my god it's so good but uh right. yeah <laughs> after knives out left out uh, I went to the restroom. My wife's, you know, standing in the lobby, and one of the Star Wars screenings lets out, and it was like being on Twitter. She heard every single possible opinion oh there was to hear, you know, and not necessarily spoilers. I don't think, but yeah, just, just, just crazy. <laughs> it's, a, it's, 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 it's like. Go ahead. It's that. That flashback episode of The Simpsons when Homer and Marge are dating and they walk out of Empire Strikes Back and Homer's like, oh boy, who would have thought Darth Vader was Luke's father? Thanks, jerk! (laughs) (laughs) Uh. It's it's exactly that. And I saw saw a meme going on on Twitter this week and it was like, you know, this... Um, there's this person on Twitter that keeps complaining and wanting, like, being like, if you spoil, if you spoil this last hour's movie to me, I'll be mad. But he's been spoiling uh, the Mandalorian online for like the past month. That's messed up. That ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> because here, here, here's the thing: like, the Mandalorian is like, it's like the first time in a long time people have actually agreed on a piece of Star Wars media being an enjoyable experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was just, I was dreading, that's why I was dreading Rise of Skywalker. I'm like, oh, we're going back to where we were, aren't we? Just, you know, you had everybody all rallying around Baby Yoda, this friggin' puppet that everybody is protecting like their child. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 sad to, to say so, but um, Star Wars fans are so fan that they hate it. You know, that's accurate. That's one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it's one of those fan communities where it's like I'm technically one of them, but I really do my best to not associate too much because <laughs> I just I, I am a Pollyanna. I absolutely am. Something has to be really terrible or honest to God offensive for me to really dislike it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel, I often feel like when I'm in the Star Wars corner or Twitter where it's like, well, can't you just enjoy the stuff you enjoy and let everybody else enjoy what they enjoy and stop exactly. being jerks? I'm like... Go ahead. Let, yeah. Let's be let's be honest. It's a story about about space wizards. <laughs> yup. Right. It has, you're, you're it has to be going, silly. Right. You're you're not going to get. I'm trying to think of a 
an example that wouldn't be terribly offensive. Okay, this is probably offensive, but I'm trying. You're not going to get Schindler's List in space here. That's not what these movies are shooting to be. They're not trying to be these deep meditations on morality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's somewhat surface, but that's part of the joy of it. Totally, I totally agree. And and you know it, but it feel it feels like it's it's just Star Wars fans. But really, I feel like you know the rise of geek culture has made you know pop culture fandom kind of like sports fandom in a way. Yeah. You know, people yell about Star Wars the way Eagles fans, Philadelphia Eagles fans, yell about their own team. You know, they're going to keep going to the games. They're going to keep watching Fox on Sundays. But they're also going to keep acting like the team that they bought all this green clothing for is the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and of course, I say that as an X-Men fan. And God knows we're just as terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, even 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 though the books are like good again now, I still feel like we're insufferable. But anyway, <laughs> um. it's, it's funny because like I don't know, I I love the X Men so much mm-hmm. that even if the movies are not great, <laughs> I I like them. <laughs> you know, you you have to you have to enjoy a bit about it, like a bit of the cheesiness. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to a Batman fan here, someone who's had to accept cheesy incarnations oh of God. his hero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for every Christian Bale, there's a George Clooney. Let's <laughs> let's not forget bat nipples. Never. Speaking of bad fashion, never forget. Yeah, hashtag never forget. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh boy. Um, let let let's save us all here. Uh, Sweeney, what um what artists are you kind of of digging on now? You know, whether it's just you know appreciating appreciating what they're putting out or kind of looking to for inspiration. You know, new stuff, old stuff. Um, well, I've always been a big fan of Becky Cloonan. Um, she's a she's a big inspiration for me. Her inking is just crazy. Um, Babstar. Mm-hmm. Um, her work is super fun and colorful um um i'm trying to think about other people <laughs> i know i have so many um i I'm, I'm i don't know why i have a blank but um sorry <laughs> oh, that's okay it'll 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 come to you later in the middle of a, an unrelated sentence you'll just yell out jed bartell <laughs> <laughs> yes here you go <laughs> I'm like I'm like under the pressure of like saying names and saying them wrong, so I'm like shit. <laughs> you, you are not the first person who has given us that as a response, nor I assume will you be the last. So. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, here's another question that often draws out that answer. Um, what are you reading right now? <laughs> oh my god, nothing. <laughs> to be honest, I um I I um I don't read a lot of comics lately because I don't have the time. Um, sure. I have a big pile that I bought that is like next to my bed and like waiting for me and like looking at me and being like, "When are you gonna read us? This this has to happen," you know. Um, but um, uh, for example, the the last one my pile is Pumpkin Heads. Oh, okay. I'm not sure yeah. if you're familiar with Pumpkin Pumpkin Heads, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and uh, it looks amazing, and I've been waiting to read it for like three months. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just bought a new bookcase for trades, and uh, it's definitely like my to-read pile in terms of trades is definitely uh, this bookcase. I covered it with a blanket because it's judging me. It's like when you you, you, keep, <laughs> you keep buying us, but when are you going to read us? I'm like next summer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I can't even comment because yeah it's a bookcase it is a looming bookcase that just stares at me and mocks me mine's not even looming it's short it's only three shelves it's like (laughs) 
It's it's the oh, Danny no. it's the Danny DeVito <laughs> of bookcases. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, ge- uh, generally on the whole, you know, we're we're coming up on on 2020. You know, what are what are some things that you can talk about uh, that you know you're looking forward to next year? Um, some really exciting comic work. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And of course, eat and love yourself. Also coming out in uh, exactly in, in the spring, <laughs> in in April. Yeah. Yes. This is a, this is exciting and very scary, and I can't wait. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a, that is that's a good mix of emotions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's you know, and and that's the thing with sort of the the the. Uh, the OGN market too, because there's that, that sort of longer announce window. It's not like, you know, with the floppies, there's like the three month hype cycle, mm-hmm. you know, with this, it's, it's kind of stretched out. So that, that, that anticipation of, uh, you know, when it, when it's finally out there, <laughs> uh, I imagine I, I, it's a lot bit. more prolonged and heightened. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. And it's like my first year of being freelance. So everything feels like everything is scary. Um, everything for me is like takes forever and I have always the anticipation of like when it's going to come out and what are people going to think uh, I feel like maybe like in years and years it's going to be the same but this is pretty intense <laughs> <laughs> well uh, Sweeney uh, as we're as we're wrapping up uh, how can people follow you online and everything you're doing if you in fact wish to be followed well I'm pretty sure if you google Sweeney Boo um you're gonna find stuff. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird name, go. and uh, if you look for me on uh, yeah Instagram and Twitter, uh, I'll be there to share some Parks and Rec gifts and some uh, art. <laughs> I mean, what else? What else do you need from the internet, really? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, Sweeney uh, and kitty pictures, kitty pictures, and, and, and cat <laughs> pictures. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, Sweeney. Thank you so much for for coming on the show, and and best of luck thank with you for uh, having me. Eat and love yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That was great. Thank you. W-N-Q-A. Hello, and welcome to CapeCon. Uh, so this is gonna be a little bit more of a, an intimate setting, but uh, you know, uh, we planned a a panel at uh, at this show. But we want to talk about libraries as sort of a, a breeding ground for the next generation of comics readers. So Matt and I are here with Olivia and Kara. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a couple of ways to go with that. <laughs> um, you know, I did want to point out we're recording this on Batman Day. Yes. Uh, you know, which is a holiday near and dear to your heart, Matt. <laughs> um, did you leave out protein protein shakes and batarangs last night? Indeed, I did. And. Batman-shaped uh, cookie treats for Ace the Bat Hound. Very nice. <laughs> what about for the Bat Cow? Oh, oh yeah, cud. <laughs> smart, <Bat> cud. smart. <laughs> I don't uh, leave anything out for Damien's cat, Pennyworth, because it's a cat. Whatever you give the cat, the cat doesn't want. As all of our readers know, I love cats. <laughs> Until there's a Bat Bunny, then I'll be all about the Bat Bunny. <laughs> Um, Matt actually just put a piece up on the site about, you know, uh, Batman comics that you can give to kind of your younger readers, you know, uh, five and up. So, you know, less so about the, the pearls in the alley and, and, you know, more more so, you know, just general guidelines for being good. Yeah. <laughs> Action, you know, Batman, Robin. You know, it, it, this is not, you're not going to get your Dark Knight Returns brooding Batman wailing on people. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of that elsewhere. Oh, though. yeah. Uh, you know, they, they give out the, the, the Batman Who Laughs as one of the two samplers for Batman Day, and it comes with a cardboard cutout mask of... Uh, Creepy S&M evil alternate universe Batman mask? Yeah. For the children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Level Up is actually here, and they... Because this is obviously a family event, <laughs> they did not bring copies yep. of nope. that. They brought the uh, preview of Nightwalkers, the yeah. new... All ages Batman graphic novel that's hitting this Wednesday. Yeah, so we're here in this library to talk about libraries and uh, what they can do for people who are getting into comics or are longtime comics fans, which is where Kara and Olivia come in. Um, so I guess start off, you know, what it, what is what are your exact roles here at the Cape May County Library? 
So I work primarily with children here. I'm a children's librarian. Um, I used to order graphic novels at the library where I used to work, um, but I mostly do picture books, board books for babies and the early readers okay. here and do all programming for, for kids. I am the outreach librarian, so what I do basically is I take the bookmobile or library information out into the community, into uh, fairs, festivals, I go to community groups and organizations, nonprofits, and talk about what the library does for the community. Uh, I also purchase um, graphic novels, adult graphic novels here for, in the library, and for all branches, mm -hmm. and I also assist with video game purchasing as well. I have a couple of other sections, but they're not important. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine you wear many hats. Uh, yes. Yes, quite a few. Uh, Matt, you, you, you are a, uh, a veteran of library uh, employment. Many moons ago. <laughs> many, many. Far longer ago than I think I want to admit, because it would give away my age. Well, was, that was like your first job, it though, was wasn't my it? First, yeah, my first real job was stack, it was a... Shelving books in the children's section and watching the ancillary secondary side desk in the basement, the, the third, the bottom floor of the library where people went to get uh, back issues of magazines and weird reference books like literary criticism. I read a lot of literary criticism <laughs> sitting down there, which for a 14 year old was. An odd choice, but there was <laughs> nothing else. It was that in sports that I wanted to read about sports. <laughs> well, now you know what people with too much time on their hands think about Yeats. Yes. <laughs> I read those really interesting books about Stephen King. That, that, that was the one thing that stuck with me, the criticism of Stephen King. I was just starting to read Stephen King at that time. And uh, I would just come on Saturdays and just hang out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, back... Back then, uh, in dinosaur times, do you remember there being like a lot of, of comic stuff around in the uh, Union Township Library? Nope. There were uh, comic strip collections that, that back in the. I mean, there was your Peanuts, your Garfields, your sort of staples. There were a few of those like big reference book, you know, the guide to superheroes and things like that, but mm -hmm. there weren't... Still a lot of those. And yeah. comic book collector price guides. Yes, oh, the Overstreet. Them. Yes, we did get the Overstreet every year, but there were not really graphic novels as there are graphic novel sections nowadays. It's a sea change, and it's still, even for me, I tend to forget, and then it's like, I go and it's like, damn it, you know, I bought that freaking book that I wasn't <laughs> sure if I would like, and... I didn't. <laughs> Could have to go to the library next time. Um, how long have you guys worked at the worked at the library? I started working at the Avalon Library when I was sixteen, and then I stayed there till I was twenty-two, and then I started working here last year, and I've been here ever since. And you just got your uh, master's in library yes, science. Yes, I finished in December. Mm -hmm. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> Huge relief to be finished. <laughs> Not have to think about it anymore. Feeling like great. Um, I have been at the Cape May County Libraries for five years, almost five and a half years now. Um, I came here directly after finishing my degree in 2013. So in 2014, January, I started the job here. Um, I actually started in the beginning in the Technology Learning Center teaching adults and children, well, adults regular tech classes, and then children I was doing the robotics classes. So that was a, it's a huge change to what I'm doing now. But I like it a lot. I think I like it a lot better. I love driving the bookmobile. It's so much fun. Oh, you get to drive the bookmobile? Just drive the bookmobile. Nice. <laughs> yes. 20, uh, she's uh, 12,000 pounds. She has 2,000 pounds of books. It's about uh, 1,600 items in the collection. It's good stuff. And gra including graphic novels. So, good stuff. Have you named her? Did no, no. She, she's a she, but I <laughs> as far as we got We might have a naming for the next bookmobile that we get. Because That'll this be one fun. is starting to go down a little bit. It's way. <laughs> We're having some issues with it, so it, it, it might be about time. Okay. I support the yeah. <laughs> strongest possible terms. Or two bookmobiles is good, too. I mean, Eight. I'm happy with that as well. Double the bookmobiles. Yes. It's it's good to have a spare. Oh. <laughs> well, you just take one, gut it, put tech stuff right? in it, put sale books, just do book sale. Yeah, right? Anyway, we, I'm digressing. I'm willing to say tangents are always welcome. <laughs> You could do, you know, I mean, motorcycles get to travel in packs. Why can't bookmobiles? Right. Yes. I They're larger vehicles. It would be more intimidating. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. What's a, like, an encyclopedia of bookmobiles? Is that, like, a group? Yes. I like, I like that. Like, like a group? Like, what other literary terms we've got for groups? Index? 
The index. Yes. Oh, index of good. bookmobiles. That's yeah. Really I was gonna suggest a murder, but again, <laughs> we got too many ones. Crows. Let's see. There's another one of those you use as murder too. Something like birds. Something. Yeah. A lot of those black. I mean, all the blackbirds have really a parliament of rooks. Oh my. I think it's a congress of of ravens. Something like that. There's. Because Seems overly the, intimidating. Yeah, yeah. they're very. A parliament of rooks is throwing me. Yeah. Well, it, uh, I, that, I learned that in a comic book. That was the title of an issue of the Sandman, Parliament of Rooks, and they talk about the rooks and that they gather around one rook and then it crows and stuff, and then they either all fly away or they all fall upon it and kill it. And and that inspired Robert, inspired Robert's Rules of Order. Yes. <laughs> I'm learning a lot today. That's what happens when you come to libraries. Yeah. That, that is true. That is that is the reason for the season. Um, quick aside. So uh, Olivia, in addition to lurking at the library, specializes in Perler Beat art. And last year I commissioned her to do this big uh, piece scene from Final Fantasy VI. And I've put pictures of it on my Twitter. It is in my basement. It is amazing. So um, that that is a thing. And I thought you were going to have some, some some samples here. I was going to, and then I forgot. Also, I'm so glad you said that's what it was from. I had no idea the entire time I was making it, and it took me so long. I was too embarrassed to ask at that point when I was finished. So I was like, all right, this is Dan's, and he can have it. And Well, shame on me for not being more no, detailed. No, no, it was fine. You were totally upfront. I just... Um, you also, like you know, like, she, she does a lot of big pieces. She's got, like, a Bucky that is amazing Thank and you. a, like, a heat leather joker. So, you know, commissions. Yeah, totally. Talk yeah. to me about it. There you go. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, you know, are you guys yourselves uh, comics readers? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember like what like some of your first ones were? My first one was I got it at the library. I before I worked at the Avalon Library, I was a very staunch patron, and I walked in like I was having a really bad day, mm-hmm. and this woman who had become my supervisor and one of my very good friends was like, "Here, you should read this," and she gave me I think it was like the Jack. Kirby omnibus of Captain America. And she's like, I think this might wow. make you feel better. And I was like, it's bigger than me, but I'll take it. <laughs> and I took it and I loved it. And I read it in like a week and I brought it back and I was like, can I have another one? And she, that started me on, on reading comics. And How old were you at the time? I was 14. Okay. I'm just trying to think like a 14 year old processing, especially like the late 70s Jack Kirby. <laughs> Captain, that stuff is a trip. Mad Bomb. Yeah. Or like Captain America's Bicentennial Battles. Yeah. Yeah. There was Googling involved. Though. Yeah. A lot. I <laughs> that went way over my head. <laughs> Less weird than the Kirby's Black Panther at the time, Two Golden Frogs. Oh, uh, King cut. Solomon's Frogs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's some weird stuff. Jack Kirby just got weirder as he got older. God bless him. But, uh, Kara, how about you? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't remember my very first. I can't say. I do remember reading Frank Miller really early Sin City stuff. Oh I just, I can't say. That was probably, I was, I was like, in my 20s. Oh. So, like, oh. yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, before that, I never had really gotten into graphic novels, especially growing up, uh, like, graphic novels, comics. I knew they existed. It just wasn't a format that I was readily digesting mm-hmm. because I didn't really have a way to get access to them. Sure. Um, my hometown did not have, I grew up in Ohio, my hometown did not have any sort of comic book store mm. that I was aware of um, that we would, there was no place to go to hang out like that. So we didn't have that kind of stuff in my area. So I really didn't get introduced to graphic novels until I really started working in libraries and doing library stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, what, are you guys, what are you guys reading now, if you're reading? I, oh, I'll tell you, I have. I am reading the Skyward series right now, graphic novels. Oh, I cannot wait for the next one to come out. I'm on hold for it. Um, excellent story. Um, gravity's gone. And what happens when gravity disappears? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you, how does life go on after gravity disappears? And with gravity disappearing, bugs get really big. So it's a really big problem because they're not, <laughs> it's horrifying. It's, it is amazing actually. Um, uh, and um, I'm trying to think of the other series I just, fi- I just finished Why the Last Man. Excellent series. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit mind blowing at times. I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, but uh, the monkey got me every time. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to think, what else am I? Re- you go. Um, I just finished Preacher. Finally. You're ahead of me. Ooh. I started it, and I started it like five years ago. Took <laughs> me a really long time to get through it. Um, 
And you read the comic, right? You read all the comical ones. I only read the first four volumes of Preacher. Oh, okay. I never got yeah. past that. Oh. <laughs> so That's I, what I, I think I dropped off at like the arse face one shot. <laughs> well, I know what someone's getting for Christmas. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so yeah, I just finished Preacher, and I I like Harley Quinn more than I feel like a person should. So I've been I've been reading like a lot of the older Harley Quinns and okay. catching up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell us about the the Cape May County Library's uh, comic selection, and you know how's it kind of changed over the years since you guys have worked here. Kara would know a lot more about that. When I <laughs> when I took over the collection about three years ago now, um, it it was a it was a shamble. It was a mess. Um, we right. didn't have complete runs of anything. There was no like tracking, there was no records. We just kind of ordered as is. Sometimes we would have one, two, and then it would be five, six, and so we'd be missing the one. I had that same problem in Avalon. There's like fast tip lists, lists that exist where they'll just send you things that they think are gonna be really popular, and that's what we just relied on until I started ordering. They yep. would just get what was sent to them by the publishing companies. And <laughs> when I came in, I made gigantic spreadsheets so that we can make sure we're keeping the runs <laughs> together. We are currently running, um, ac- Current active uh, titles that are still running, we're we're at 168 runs of different things that are that still have active. Awesome. There's still things coming out. Um, we're in the like 500s for different runs of that are complete right now. Um, so it's 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 great. We we really have a large collection spread across our eight branches. Um, I don't generally get a lot of duplicates. Some of the really big stuff I get like. Batman stuff goes really well, so I get a lot of duplicates to go out of the branches. But if you're looking for something, I kind of spread runs are all at the same branch. Smart. So, <laughs> um, Smart. <laughs> which was another thing we didn't do before. God. Before it was it was all over the place. The simplest um, things. So we're trying to make it easier for people to browse. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this Batman series is going to be at this branch. This ba- you know, and then there's a different Batman series at a different branch. So, but if you like the Batman, then you'll know to talk to somebody in the branch, talk to a, somebody who works there, and say, hey. I'm looking for more Batman. We'll get you the entire series from this branch and have it delivered here too. So that's not a big deal. We we switch between the branches very easily here. Next Usually, day delivery. Next literally. day delivery, except <laughs> for the weekends. Yes. Yep. Uh, so it's great. And really, I mean, I can't even tell you how many standalones we have. It's I don't really have the big spreadsheets for those, but we have a very large collection that has doubled since I've started taking it over. Good. So uh, my you know my budget has gone up and. Um, we're seeing a lot of movement. Um, I very rarely remove anything from our system. That's I have awesome. one entire box from all of the branches of things removed Stop it. in this last year. It was I wonderful. I just gutted picture books in one branch, and I took 600. Yeah, I definitely don't even. I mean, and I keep them, if they've gone out in the past two years, we keep them. Oh my god, so my threshold was three years. They're moving. <laughs> oh, that's it's great. great. That's moving. amazing. That is, you know, and people, so happy people for you. are requesting them. Yeah. We get a lot of requests. People love graphic novels so and I know the teen department has the same thing they mm-hmm. they don't read anything really everything they just goes go out, out so much yeah mm-hmm. um, and we do a really good job of trying to make sure that our patrons have the voice in that too we get the requests we fulfill the requests if it's something that's out of print we try to get it from another library that already has it across the country we've been able to get stuff from all the way in Hawaii into this library branch these library branches so it's a good, it's a really good um, system. Libraries are not just what's on the physical shelves. We want input from our communities. What is, uh, what's particularly popular at uh, the Cape Branches? Batman. All yeah. the time, Batman. I mean, not to just say it on Batman <laughs> Day, but I have, I have needed. I mean, you have to keep it in your heart every day, oh, really. Right. <laughs> in the entire three years I've been there, I have weeded one Batman novel. One Batman graphic novel. It's amazing. And I think. Do you remember which one it was? I'm just curious. Um. Uh, you know what? It's a, it's it's in it's the image is in my head. If you give me a if minute you, or two, I'm no, it's remember. okay. It'll come to you. Yeah. Or if you can describe it, I'm sure I could name it. <laughs> I mean, I literally own twenty-five to thirty long boxes wow. just of Batman. It's wow. not even including the rest of my collection. Yeah. Just Batman. I've, I've not missed an issue of Batman since I was nine years old. Oh my God, Thirty so years, cool. and that's like all the Batman titles. Like it's it, it's <laughs> scary, and I'm really really glad that my wife just was like, okay, <laughs> you don't drink, you don't smoke, so this is <laughs> your vice, and I'm happy with. You. 
this is your collection. Yeah, I always had movie, like movie tie-ins were always super big. Like in Avalon, it was always whatever it was coming out, we had to get yeah. the most yeah. recent run of it. And Any movie and TV tie-ins because yeah. Umbrella yeah. Academy has just gone. Yeah, we actually hmm. we did Umbrella Academy a couple years ago because it wasn't doing anything. Yeah, soon as the series comes out, everyone we had it. like ten requests for yeah. Umbrella Academy again. Hmm. We had to, we had to rebuy it because it just went through the roof. That is fascinating because for shops, I mean, I worked in a comic shop for fifteen years, and. With some notable exceptions, movies and TV don't often tick sales. Really? Uh, Walking Dead did. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, according to my former boss who owned the store for 30 mm-hmm. years before he sold it, the original Batman 89 back in the day did. Mm-hmm. But Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit, of more, but more than any of the other Marvel things, Iron Man, Thor, Cap... Really? Didn't really tick sales much at all. You know, it really does depend because we got a bunch of the graphic novels from Guardians of the Galaxy right after Guardians of the Galaxy came out. They came out with a group series. Mm-hmm. There was a um, Rock, Rocket Raccoon mm-hmm. series. They did not go that well. Yeah, so I have a good night group really board book that goes out all the time. It's literally just Groot saying good night over and over again, <laughs> and it goes out like all the time. And is, it's is, is it like one of those water. like good night moon parody yeah. type things? <laughs> I think so. It's ridiculous. I, I felt really silly buying it, but I had to get more. <laughs> the parents want to yes. get their kids involved. It's a perfect yeah. segue is, to, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little different than if you're reading it on your own, I think. <laughs> I don't, it's I, like I eight imagine, pages. I can't imagine any of the adults are like, yes, uh, eight pages of I Am Groot. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great way to uh, send, send yourself off to bed. Yeah. Do you have In a minute, yeah. Okay, cool. Um... So, if um, I'm a creator or a small press publisher, um, what's something I can do to get my books into the library? I know I am far guilty of backing way too many Kickstarters, way too many, and there was one that actually had a level where you basically paid for, you know, the, the level, whatever the level for the graphic novel was, that plus, like, one and a half times that level, and they sent one copy to your local library. You gave them really your cool. zip, that and they. That is awesome. That is, I've never I didn't know heard that. Was that. A we thing. did not receive any of those because I would love that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting because I'd never seen that in any of the other Kickstarters I yeah, had done. That's I, it was one of the that things really that I was saying. Was, I was curious to see a reaction. It was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that happens all the time, or I've never heard of that. Yeah. I've never heard of that, and yeah. I love it because that is like a pure give back to the community. Yeah. That is 100%. I want my community to also engage in the literacy of graphic novels. Yeah. And that's amazing. Um, but how, as an, another independent publisher or creator, how would you get your books into your life? The easiest thing is to either stop in or call us yeah. and say, Tell hey, us I'm exist. a local author and I made this book about, I'd say, nine and a half to 9.8 times out of 10. That's a real number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get the book. If, if we can get the book, we will. If we can't, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. If you have a way for us to get the book. If there's a way for us to purchase it, we, yes. we can and will. We have, very limited, we have very limited scopes of where we can purchase. Uh, Amazon it, always helps. Amazon helps. It's a big um, one. And we use Baker and Taylor. Yeah. Um, you know, beyond those kind of things, we're limited. If it's yeah. not on either of those, if you do have it independently published somewhere and you're willing to sell it to us, we may be able to do it that way. Yeah. Vouchers are available. But, but tell us it exists. Yes. First. Let us know that it exists. We will try to find yeah. it. Give us your contact information, too, because if you can't find it, then we can get back to you and say, hey, have you thought about this platform? Maybe you should try to get it on through here. Then we can purchase it. Or do you have a way that we can? Um, in terms of, you know, how how is, I guess, stocking comics in the library different from, say, other media, like, you know, books or, you know, DVDs, video games, uh, what have you? I think it's multifold. Um, not only do graphic novels have their own um, fan base beyond them, people love that format. For, I regularly suggest them to people who are not interested in reading in general because you've got some, some of them are limited actual text, mostly images where you could glean the information out of it. You don't necessarily have to. It's a great transition piece. They're so good for reluctant readers too, yes. especially on the younger side of it. People that don't like reading 
will kick and punch to get the new Dog Man by yep. Dave Pilkey. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think we have 15, and the wait list was like 40 people for the new Dog Man. So, like, readers of every single level, it is accessible to all of them. Yes. Which is It is, yes. Super the next great thing is that yeah. any reading level can get into graphic novels. Yeah. And there is a graphic novel for every Everybody. reading yeah. level. Exactly. Uh, which is fantastic. And beyond that, though, it's not because the, while that is a great classic to graphic novels, there, there is sort of a, a, a joy in being able to visualize what's happening as well. Yeah. Some people don't do well with their imaginations. They don't when they they can't get into stories because they don't have that imagination. Um, and beyond their reading level, this mm-hmm. is somebody who, who maybe is a great reader, but just there's so many stories they can't get into. Graphic novels are sort of a, another transition in that way, where you you have a visual representation along with the story, which is great. Um, so it really it's got a multi appeal. It's got an appeal to yeah. a large variety of people, and more often than not, we we don't we don't really get a lot of people. I feel like anymore who come in and say, oh, why do you have graphic novels? It's yeah. more like, where are your graphic novels? Yes. There was a stigma for a really long time. There was, and that has definitely yeah. shifted. When do you feel like you start start to see that, that shift? I saw it when the MCU got really big. Yeah. Like, honestly, it was when those movies got really, really popular. People thought, oh, this is actually quality source material. I want, they wanted to know yes. what the stories were yep. going to be, and the only way to get those stories <laughs> they had to read the comics. is comic book format. Yeah. So now you've got a whole bunch of people who are, who are discovering the comic yeah. books out of this on this new format for them, yeah. and they like it. And now, oh, I see the the um, positives in having graphic novels. And right. oh, this graphic novel is next to this one on the shelf, and you know this looks like a really interesting yep. title. So now we've got that snowball rolling um, of people getting interested. So you know, I, I do want to say it is when the comic movies got really. Big. It really was. Tobey Maguire didn't do anything for anybody in terms of reading comic books, <laughs> but I mean, even even the newer Batman, I feel like you didn't really see a tick up. I know. With, with I know the Dark Knight didn't do anything. Like no? Yeah, and there were graphic novel tie-ins. Yes, to those there was a lot. There was like, the there was the book novelizations too, just yeah. regular print books, and that didn't do yeah anything. Like it was Marvel. Really well. And and maybe the difference is I, I, this, this is just me spouting off now, but I mean like. Batman had been a transmedia property at that yeah. point for how long? Like you could get Batman anywhere, be it you know cartoons right. or yep. movies or TV shows. You know, not every kid knew who Iron Man was in two thousand eight. Right. No one did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like literally no one did. Yeah. And now we've got like right. Riri Williams and right? all the other incarnations yeah. of, Bat- or of um, Iron, Iron Man, Man which yeah. is amazing. So anyway, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for for talking to us for a little bit. No, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you guys for thank you so talking much. to us. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics, where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, the ability to promote your work on our site, and a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. And if we hit $10 in monthly donations, we'll start a new project, either a second podcast about the DC animated features, a deep dive retrospective on James Robinson and Tony Harris's Starman, or a manga for beginners feature. Uh, big thanks to our existing patrons, Steve Morris from Shelf Dust, Charlie Davis from The Young Ones Podcast, Robert Secundus from Docs Talks at XavierFiles.com, and Scott Madrinsky from Mojoswork.com. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox. Finally, and most importantly, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views. And we'll see you next time. WMQA!